Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. We're continuing on with our extraordinary coach culture because these are the principles that really drive the strategic coach teamwork, and I just find them so useful and so prescriptive that I just want to share them with you. So we're at number 13, getting almost to the end. So next one is no defense budget, and I find this one completely and totally fascinating. It's actually one of my very, very favorites because this means that everyone on the team is playing off offense and not defense. You know, just think about that for a moment. So many times team members come into work and they don't necessarily feel safe. They need to feel like they have to protect themselves, their ideas. They don't necessarily want to take risks. They don't want to look stupid in front of their colleagues or especially in front of their boss. So they don't speak up a lot and they do what's expected of them. But sometimes if you're if you're just desperate for innovation, if you're desperate for people to take initiative and have what I call an entrepreneurial attitude, this can be really, really frustrating. You're like, oh my gosh, what is going on? One of the things to really know is that you have to kind of look at your team and your company and your ways of interacting with one another and say, okay, do people have to play defense or are they freed up to play offense? And I have to admit, after being here you know, for so long, since I started in 1991, I do kind of take it for granted. I'm very open about my wins. I'm also very open about my losses. <laughs> I'm very clear on what I am skilled at and what my unique ability is. I'm also very clear on all of the things I'm actually terrible at or that I frequently mess up on, where I need help. And I really love that. It ties back to the previous conversation we had about walking the talk. You know, it means that we can just be very transparent. And I just find that so much more of an interesting, fulfilling, and creative environment to be in. And if what you want from your team is all the skill, energy, attention, and effort going into ever greater creativity, cooperation, and contribution, then you really need to have people playing offense and not defense. So this is pretty key. We don't want anyone to have any investment in playing defense. That means everyone's all full out, you know, rush, <laughs> push, all court press to move forward and move our business ahead because we have some pretty powerful growth goals. It also means that some of the things that we're going to try aren't going to work. In fact, they're probably going to fail, but we won't know that until we do it. Dan Sullivan, co-founder of Strategic Coach, he said something last week that I wanted to share with you. He said, turn your losses into learning. And I thought, whoa, what a great statement. And we, of course, have a tool for that. In the program, it's called the Experience Transformer. And I love it because in that exercise, you write down what happened. And it used to be called the Negativity Transformer. But we've learned that you also might want to transform a positive experience into something even better. So we made it a more generic term. But in this exercise, you simply write down, okay, in this situation, what was it? What about the situation worked? Because even if something you know, it was a bit of a train wreck. It wasn't all bad. There were some things that were working, even if people put the effort in and they didn't get the result. Then you write down in a very rational way what didn't work. And sometimes it's a miscommunication, wrong person doing the task, maybe somebody forgot something. There's reasons. And when you can approach it from this transformative mindset, then people can actually do own up <laughs> to what they did wrong. It's like, oh, I said I would do this and I didn't. I forgot. I got distracted by this. I didn't put a reminder in my calendar. What have you? People start to take ownership of it, which is also what you want. And then we brainstorm a list of alternatives. And then the final step is to come up with our new, wiser set of strategies, knowing what we know now that we didn't know before. I love it because I know that if anything goes wrong, that's how we're going to handle it. I was in a workshop with Dan yesterday, day before. And one of the things he talks about is you're always winning or you're learning. 
The only time you're actually losing is if you're not learning. And I love that because it, it just gives pretty much open access to just try a whole bunch of stuff and be really smart about it, learn what worked and what didn't, and do it better next time. I love that. I can do that forever. I don't have to worry about looking stupid or someone making fun of me. I mean, teasing is fine, but it's done with love. It's never done out of maliciousness or out of a desire to hurt. And it's also not done out of status or someone trying to pull me down to make themselves better. And anytime that has been the case, the people that do that are no longer here. We just have almost a zero tolerance policy for people who behave or think or act that way. It's just an anathema to teamwork. It's, it's, it's not good. (laughs) Please don't do that. So the whole thing about no defense budget goes a little bit to what we were talking about with number 12 as well in the last podcast is really about creating psychological safety. And if you haven't seen this, please look it up. It's the Google survey on what makes a team effective. And I have it printed out here. And you can look it up in the upcoming team success snapshot. You're going to see the link to the article here. So all you need to do is Google Teamworks study, and it'll definitely come up. And I have it published from Rework here. So what happens is they really thought it was going to be a composition of who was on the team. You know, what are the individual characteristics and skills necessary? Like, for instance, one road scholar, two extroverts, one engineer, dream team, right? Uh, no. So here's what it said, and I'm quoting here. We were dead wrong. Who is on the team matters less than how the team members interact, structure their work, and view their contributions. Well, so much for that magical formula. So we learned that there are five key dynamics that set successful teams apart from other teams at Google. Number one, psychological safety. Can we take risks on this team without feeling insecure or embarrassed? This is no defense budget. Now, I kind of like to admit that we've written this down 15, 18 years ago, and Google just figured it out a couple years ago when they, when they did their survey. This also got published more broadly, so that's okay too. But I just love the validation of something that we've been practicing for a very long time. Number two, in case you're curious, is dependability. You can count on each other to do things on time and our version of referability habits I talked about in the last podcast. Number three, structure and clarity. Are goals, roles, and execution plans on our team clear? Meaning of work, are we working on something that is personally important to each of us? And five, impact of work, do we fundamentally believe that the work we're doing matters? If you can say yes to all of those things, you're working on a high-performing team is most likely the result. Now, here's the part I found really interesting. Psychological safety was far and away the most important of the five dynamics we found, is the underpinning of the other four. So this is no small feat. If you want to have a super successful, effective, productive team, it's critical that you find ways to create psychological safety. And when I was writing my book, Multiplication by Subtraction, you know, how to gracefully exit wrong fit team members, one of the things I identified was, you know, a wrong fit team member was someone who you couldn't count on that was toxic. That was one of the most urgent cases and sometimes the hardest to get rid of because they could be very charismatic. They often were very good at saying the right things to the leadership and upper levels. They're good at looking good, but just toxic to the team and doing things for their reasons, not yours, and not doing things for the greater good. So that puts people on defense. And what happens with that is you have good people leaving. I was just talking to a client last night who had this new new system put in, and it was so bad. (laughs) It was such a shock to their culture that really good people are thinking about leaving. I was like, Mayday, you must do something about this like now. So that's what he's going back to do. But it's a big deal 
to have people feel safe and secure, and that you actually need to have good, capable people. But when you have good, capable people who do not feel like they can voice their ideas, that they'll be put down, then everyone plays defense and you lose, I think, an enormous opportunity for creativity, for innovation, for collaboration, because there's simply no trust. There's no psychological safety. So to my mind, having a no defense budget is absolutely essential. And if you need more validation or thinking about this, just think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, it talks really about physical safety. Now in our world where we're not being chased by lions or tigers or or spears, <laughs> I think psychological safety is really that fundamental need for all of us to be able to have all of our psychological needs met. And transformation will not happen actualization will not happen if we do not have that sense of psychological safety. So I think this is absolutely essential to be able to do this. So I hope this is a kind of an interesting conversation for you. If you know someone, if you identify someone on the team that maybe other people don't trust, then that's something to take action on and start coaching them on. If you notice that there's someone who's a bit toxic, then please take action. Do not walk around that. Do not sweep it underneath the carpet. Take action. In the multiplication by subtraction, we have a downloadable tool called the right fit team member with some of the characteristics that we have found to be true to have a successful person on an entrepreneurial team. So that could actually educate your thinking as well. But really, the whole point here is when you actually have a team where there's no defense budget, and you already have this in your company, you've already experienced this as you've been on it, you know what this feels like when you can just play full out and have everyone cheering you, even if you're losing, <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, that was a terrible idea. It's kind of fun to celebrate the losses. I know just to give an example from my own experience, we had this great salesperson who had this wonderful idea. It's like, let's get more women in the strategic coach program. Let's get more women entrepreneurs. We thought, okay, we tried it before, not totally successful, but you never know. Times have changed. Maybe we can add more women to the program. So we designed this great event. I was the speaker. I was the person who gave the introductory presentation about the program. We had a little bit of fun. You know, we added some chocolate. You know, we had a little cocktail hour. You know, it was great. And it was amazing, amazing women came. And I thought it was my best talk ever. I mean, really, it was amazing. <laughs> as far as I was concerned, guess what kind of results we got from it? Zero. Nothing, nada, zilch. Like literally no interest, no registrations, nothing. It was a complete and total waste of money in terms of investment. Now, it wasn't a waste of time though, because A, I think I did do a good presentation, but it turned out that in terms of the factor for what's important for people belonging to coach, it really doesn't matter what your gender is. What it matters is what your aspirations are. What matters is your confidence level to take action. And that's really what we need to be focused on. So segregating it by a particular factor that doesn't really make that much difference. You know, entrepreneur is an entrepreneur. I don't care what color stripe they come in. That's what was actually most important. So we just kind of missed the mark on how people were going to make a decision. That was a great learning experience. You know, now I don't have to do that again. Now I know what to appeal to and what not to appeal to. So that was something we learned from. Now I can laugh about it. It wasn't a complete disaster. Well, it was from, from an, a return on investment standpoint, but it wasn't from a learning standpoint. So I appreciate that. You know, I also appreciate that we could do that. We could take that risk and we could learn from that experience. So you want to you wanna be okay with failure. You want to let people know that it's actually what's really important here is the trying and testing and learning and moving forward. 
covering up a mistake, no room for that. Acknowledge it, learn from it, move forward, do that experience transformer exercise I was telling you about. That really is how you're going to have a fast growing, super effective team is where it's okay for people to test, to experiment, and to maybe fail and to learn from that. I love Robert Kiyosaki's quote where he talks about, he said, four out of five new businesses fail. He said, good, well, knowing that, fail faster. And I think exactly the same thing is true in really effective teams. So I hope that helps educate your thinking in terms of your own team, in terms of your own leadership. To me, it's a really key component. It's really allowed me to branch out as far as I have and test and try new things, most of which worked, some of which did not. And it's been really great to know that there's been that room to test and learn and to grow. And we only learn what works and what doesn't through feedback. If we're not testing, if we just do the tried and true, there's really no new opportunity opportunities, no innovations, and perhaps no growth as a result of that. So this is a really key one. And as you can tell, definitely one of my favorites. So again, I hope this is useful for you. Any questions, comments, or thoughts, please let me know at questions at strategiccoach.com. Thanks very much for listening. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes, and we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more Team Success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com.